Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'll just start off first. I'm sure you guys can have some questions about the gambling issue. Uh, All I'll say on that is it's an ongoing investigation uh, with the NFL right now. Uh, And we are constantly, it's an ongoing process, educating our players, educating our coaches on the situation. I think the league just comes in, they give their piece on it and what they talk about and how they handle it and what the players need to know and and going forward in in that matter. And like I said, I'm not going to get into a lot of detail on this stuff, um, but that's where it's at. I mean, I think the last meeting made it apparent of the rules of what's what's right about gambling and what's wrong and what you're allowed to do and what you should. So, I mean... I mean, it's it's a, it's a hard topic to even speak on right now, just because how sensitive it is around the league. But uh, right now, I would just encourage anybody just don't gamble. Yeah, it's not worth it. Well said by EJ Speed. Don't gamble; it's not worth it. And over time, you will lose. That may not be popular with any sports books out there that could or could not be partnering with NBC or PFT in the future. And frankly, that's something I'm going to think long and hard about. We've never had a sports book partner specifically dedicated to PFT. And I want to make sure it's somebody who promotes responsible gaming, because when you go into it, you need to understand you are going to lose. You are going to be spending your money, your entertainment dollars, discretionary income that you hopefully have set aside from the money you need to take care of your family and yourself and that you are going to lose it. And at the end of the day, you treat that loss as the money you'd spend buying something, whatever it may be. Whatever money you budget, you assume you're going to lose it. And if you win it, don't get yourself caught up in this idea that all of a sudden you've cracked the code. You're still going to lose over time. It's funny. The first and only time I was in Las Vegas, driving cross country in Early 1986, and I'm sure Las Vegas is very different 37 years later, and we're going to find out with the next Super Bowl. My buddy, because I had a job out there, and we drove my car out, and he flew back. He had won. He was up 100 bucks in the casino. 
and he refused to leave until he lost it because he didn't want to think, and he was brilliant. He was ahead of his time. He didn't want to end his gambling adventure thinking he had won money. He wanted to lose whatever he was up, so it was a wash. It was even so he wouldn't be tempted to gamble in the future. And there is simple brilliance in that mindset. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say he's more brilliant if he just walked out of the mo- walked out of the damn place with the money, and then just uh, I'm not going to come back. <laughs> then I'd go, that's brilliant. What great, what great dedication that guy has there. But you're right. I mean, come on, it, it, it's it's like nobody ever wins. Somebody. You know, every now and then you hear a few positive stories, but gosh, and and the one thing I know about, you know, what what leads to one bet leads to five hundred bets. My friends that gamble, you know, family members that gamble, right? It's like it's it's oh yeah, they started out betting on football because they felt like they knew football. Now they're betting on what color shoes somebody's going to wear in an NBA game, and like all this stupid crap. Where I just go, damn, give me the money. And I'll do something useful with it with my family. But it's it's a slippery slope there. But here other thing too, Mike, I just want to talk about here. I, I think we all can agree, and your points are real, that the NFL could maybe be better with this, more concise in the messaging. But this is the second player in two days that we've gone that's kind of gone, I don't know how you couldn't know this. The meeting we just had recently is very clear about this. Now, of course, Isaiah Rogers and this all happened before the meeting, it was last year. But I'm sure there was the same meeting last year, too. That's where it's a little bit, yeah, it could be better. But at the same time, it's one of those where it's like, damn. I mean, it's in your face for sure. At least once or twice in the offseason where it is thoroughly explained. And that's where I just find it hard to have a lot of excuses there in that department. Well, Isaiah Rogers' situation, if the reports are accurate, speaks to the idea that he knew there exactly. Was an issue That's with right. It. He was right. using an account in someone right. else's name. Right. He just didn't realize that Big Brother carrying around in his own pocket the supercomputer that is going to provide the evidence that is used against him was going to uh, be as effective as it was in showing someone in the Colts building is making these bets, and they figured out who it was and what he was doing and the account that he was using. Apparently, and I saw this item from Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver, that Tom Brady has been enlisted by the NFL as the guy who provides an introduction. Uh, Don't do it. It's not worth it. Your career means more than that type of a message. Now, I don't know that the guy who's been sued in multiple crypto fraud cases for touting fake currencies and this FTX pyramid scheme, which it turned out to be. I don't know that he's the best guy to tell people not to gamble on sports. Maybe the message is if you're going to gamble, gamble on something completely unrelated to sports like Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. But, you know, the bottom line is it isn't worth it. You will lose. And it's hard. You're right. You know, the one thing that we've left out of our conversation, we, we look at it as they didn't know or... They thought they could outsmart the system. What if they're just addicted? Yeah, that's right. What if they're just addicted and they can't help it? They developed the addiction in college because they didn't have the restrictions they now have. Now they get to the NFL and they can't stop. Yeah. That's part of the problem, too. Definitely. So um, and, and that's why, you know, those of us in the media and we talk about different bets that can be made and we show odds from time to time. But above all else, only gamble with money that you are prepared 
to lose, that you would otherwise spend on something. And instead of buying a new driver for your golf bag or new rims for your car, which I'm currently thinking about doing, that could be the birthday present that I give to myself this year, new rims for my car, or whatever it is that you're thinking about spending money on, treat it like that, disposable income that you don't care if it goes away and never comes back because you have to assume that eventually, even if you get caught up in the dopamine rush that comes from winning, you're eventually going to lose. That's the message that everyone needs to understand. You can't win. That's why I don't do it. My dad hammered that into me. My dad, the bookie, hammered it into me. Thank God, all those years ago, you can't win. And that message took. Of anything else he ever taught me, that's the most important. When you gamble, you're going to lose. And you just have to accept that before you ever even do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm capable of emotionally attaching to any, just about anything over, oh, I like this player, I don't like So it, it doesn't affect me. Uh, I can do that very easily. I think there's some people that want those emotions during a game, and that's how this is how they try to do it. But, yeah, from what I've witnessed, it's a slippery slope. It really is. Brady, yeah, he's got his cryptocurrency issue. But the one thing I'll say about Brady being the poster child or the guy that's going to say something is when Brady's on the screen, everybody sits up and listens and watches. So if he says don't gamble and whatever else, everybody's going to pay attention. It is Tom Brady, and he is God to, to, to football players. You know, for us, one of the reasons there's no temptation to do it, we do our weekly picks thing, and that's where yeah, you got a little juices flow in there. Comes from yeah, and fun right. from that. We have no money on it. Right. It's just bragging, bragging rights, rights, and we know we're going to talk about it. And we're going to show the graphic. So I don't exactly. care about the money. See, that's that's the thing. That's the yeah. Well, I would have won last year, but it is good for both of us generally that we don't have money on it. But you know, it, it you get your enjoyment. Like, I don't need it to enjoy football. I don't need to have skin in the game, literally, to enjoy it. So, and if you do, if you feel like you do, then maybe you need to reassess it. It should be something that is completely ancillary and separate. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I hate what it can do to people. And if we see what it's doing to professional athletes, there have to be stories out there of folks who have gotten caught up in all these. And you, you see it. You know, the, the, the media companies that have straddled that line – of also pushing gambling and trying to get people to gamble, bet, 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 let's go bet, let's go win. you got to be careful with that because there are going to be people who fall victim to it aren't smart enough or or yeah, it gets everybody. addicted to, it not, gets everybody. to not back off. It's, it's, it's you can't stop it, like you said. You know, there's, there's it, I, I don't care what you know, part of life or people you know. You know, you, you, you know we, we saw Craig Carton, right? The, the great radio host in New York City, WFAN, he had an issue with it, right? It gets, it gets the best of people. You know, there's high-level golfers that I hear about or that may have had a, a, you know, allegedly joined the live tour because they got such a gambling debt that they had to take that Saudi money to help pay it out. It's everywhere. Lawyers, doctors, it doesn't matter. It is everywhere. Hey, when my dad had his bar back in the 70s, and, you know, pre-internet, pre-cell phone, he would send the betting sheet with all the lines for the upcoming NFL games by mail. Oh, I thought you were saying Morse code for a second the- there. Tony Express. I came across the box with all the envelopes, and you start flipping through it. I know these names. Judge. Lawyer. Yeah, right. Doctor. Right. 
city council. Yeah. Everybody. Right. Everybody. Right. It, it, even when it was illegal, all those years it was illegal, everybody did it. Yeah. So uh, you just have to be careful with it because what happens is you start chasing your losses and chasing your losses and doubling down, and it blows up in your face quickly. You get more desperate, and you think you're one bet away from turning everything around, and you're not. And even if even if you turn it around, it's temporary. Over time, you're going to lose. All right, uh, Jaguars trying to win some more games in Jacksonville at a renovated stadium. They released the designs yesterday of their stadium of the future and now we know why it reportedly supposedly according to the outgoing mayor will require at least two years of the Jaguars not playing in the building they're basically tearing the thing down and rebuilding it where it is Mm. and it looks impressive it's got a SoFi vibe to it I mean that is great yeah very well done whoever they paid to put that together excellent job great design now now Who's going to pay for it? And and it's funny, you know, I've been mentioning the Jaguars as a team that could potentially relocate to London because if anybody ever does, it's going to be them. Right. Because they play there every year as it is. But this ends so that. These, well, no, but it doesn't, Chris. It doesn't. Hey, look at Jackson DeVille. Say hi to him. If it's they build it. Yeah. yeah, hi, Jackson. Yeah. It only ends it if they build it. Right. If they build it, they will stay. If they build they it, they will come. They have to build it. Right. I know, but I'm making a twist on it because (laughs) if they don't build it, they will leave. (laughs) This is part of a broader political effort by the Jaguars to lay the foundation to get free money to build this stadium. That's what it is. Because in the announcement yesterday, they also said, oh, we're going to do events throughout the community over the next two weeks so people can ask questions about it. They're trying to build public support for this. So when it's time to go hat in hand to the local officials, they will get whatever they're looking for, to pay for it. And they haven't said what they want. But chances are they want a lot. And if they don't get it, they don't have to say or else. They already play one game per year. This year, two games. In or else city, across the ocean. The the alternative is out there. We already yeah. know. Yeah. You know, with a lot of these teams, oh, but the Bills, the Bills didn't get their stadium. Where are the Bills going to move to? I don't know. We know where the Jaguars would move. They'd move to London. They're going to get what they want or they're going to go. And p- part of this is they never have to really say it. They don't, they, you know, you don't have to be, you know, beneath your dignity to, ha- to, to basically make the threat, the mob threat. You know, we can do this easy way. Or we can do this a hard way or we'll just leave. But that's, that's implicit in all of this. And that's part of the game they're playing. And putting these designs out there before they've had even one conversation about how to pay for it is aimed at pressuring the politicians to pay up or they're gone. And and with all these folks, you know, you want it to be a done deal. And that's the thing. These fans are like, oh, just like you said, oh, it's not going to happen now. There's the stadium. They're not leaving. Yeah. They're not leaving until somebody pays for it. And they need to get the public to pay for it. And they're trying to get the public to willingly open their wallets you know, to redirect the money they yeah. otherwise lose on gambling, right? To to surrendering it to the local stadium drive. Yeah, it, it it's a it's a tough one. I mean, it, of course, you know, one, uh, yeah, you'd like to see billionaires pay for a lot of this, some of it, whatever, right? Uh, Jacksonville, I will say, I mean, you know, the city of Jacksonville, I, I will say, I do think something like this could be a positive for them. It's a city that doesn't have a lot going on. And people don't really – it's not a destination spot. 
You know, the, the only reason I've been down there twice in the last whatever seven, eight years is just to see the Jaguars and do something like that. So I think it is a cool idea. It sounds like they want to build like a an area, right? Almost like a you know, like New England has, where there's shops and restaurants, and you can do all of that. So that is all cool, you know. But yeah, what's that cost going to be? And you know, I did see something right yesterday that Shad Khan said he'd pay a billion dollars. If I got my facts right here, what it was going to be two billion dollars to build the stadium, and then another billion dollars or something else. And Shad Khan said he'd split one of the two billion dollar builds with the city, which I mean, I haven't heard of anybody doing quite that yet. Really, an owner as an owner that was, I thought, you know, pretty good, at least a good first step. But yeah, Mike, I mean, I, I would think that your theory is is probably real, or, or you just pay for it all yourself. You I can guess. pay for it all yourself and own it, right? There are owners out there yeah. who would say, you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I'd just pay for this damn thing myself. Right. I would own it myself. I would control everything. I wouldn't have to answer to this local board, yeah. get caught up in all these political issues. Look at the crap the 49ers deal with yeah, in Santa Clara. I hear you. I They're know. constantly at right. war with the Santa Clara City Council, and now you've got issues where you know the 49ers are trying to you know, to, to buy seats on council by supporting different candidates and have everything work out their way. No, if you just own it, it's yours and you do whatever you want and you keep all the money. Stan Kroenke owns his. But how many He's of the owners the can do that? You know, that's all. That's the only thing. Well, now, you know, I know they're well, all rich, but are I they rich say, enough to do that? Right. That's that's all. It's best. I would say the ones who can afford a big ass boat that they don't. <laughs> I need. knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I I would think they can afford to pay for their own stadium. And Shad Khan has a big ass boat that he doesn't need. I'd love to understand the psychology of that. Like. I have so much money, and I can't take it with me, so what am I going to spend it on? Let's see. What can, I, what can I do to make myself feel bigger than everybody else, bigger than the other billionaires? I know I'll go buy a big-ass boat that I don't need and that I'm rarely on as a show, an obscene, grotesque show of my tremendous wealth. Now, you could also say, well, you know, the process of building that boat employs a lot of people well it's a lot of families you well know? that's where i was you gonna have to staff it i mean just You're to be stimulating fair, the economy well, by buying this big ass boat well that, that's what i buy was a big say. ass stadium instead well i was going to say that about the stadium in general too i mean that, that's where uh, just to be fair and play devil's advocate for sake of this conversation devil's doing fine on his own well I devil's he, doing fine I on his own you. i hate that phrase well okay well deal with it all right i said it so but the other like <laughs> you know he's He's it, it is it does have value to the city. It does, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's going to create jobs. It's going to, of course, build it. Boy. You're going to have people that are, of course, you know, yeah, it's those restaurants. And, well, I, I I understand that. Of course, it is. It's all that. Yeah. But I am, you know, also too, and yeah. building that stadium. I would think it would greatly increase their chances of hosting Super Bowls, which is, of course, is going to bring a ton of money into the city. Wow. So I'm just wow. I, all as I'm long doing as you is can bring that out as long there. as long as. As long as people who come to town can sleep on Shad Khan's boat because they don't have my hotel rooms there. Yeah, I know so, that was an issue the yeah, first time around. They had to around. bring in cruise ships the last time. Right. So well, um, that's where I, the city needs to be careful about letting them go, though, to that point because nobody's going there unless it's for the Jaguars. So that's where it is a little, I think, of a different situation because of that. And, and look, I, I don't want to anger our friends in Jacksonville because I love Jacksonville. I've been there for multiple Gator Bowls. I think it's a great city. 
is it truly a city that's big enough to sustain and support an NFL team? They wouldn't be playing a home game in London every year if they thought that it was because they make more money playing in London than they do playing in Jacksonville, or they wouldn't play a game there every single year. Shad Khan isn't doing it out of the, the goodness of his heart. He's looking for ways to make more money out of this property he owns. Folks, don't get blinded by your fandom. It's a for-profit enterprise, and they're trying to make money. I guarantee you, if it was not profitable for Shad Khan to take his team every year to play a home game in London instead of Jacksonville, he would not do it. And if he doesn't get this stadium that he wants, whatever he's willing to kick in, if he doesn't get the public investment he wants, he will move the team to London. That's the way it works. They don't come out and say it. They'll just do it. That's why, well, you know, in, yeah. in St. Louis, yeah. they lied and they lied and they lied until it was time to go because you don't want it to be known. I mean, the Raiders had three years in Oakland before they moved to Las Vegas, and that's not the way that these guys ordinarily like to do it. They don't want anyone local to know they're leaving until they're gone because you still want the locals to support the team while it's there. So they're never going to breathe a word of it until it's time to go, and then they'll just be gone. Yeah, I hear, I, I, I hear you. I mean, that's certainly part of the, the tricks there. Uh, I, I got you. Uh, I, I will say, you know, they need a new stadium if they are to stay there. That's for sure. You just brought it up. The fact that they now, since the Coliseum, the Oakland Coliseum is no longer a part of the conversation, they now have the worst stadium in the NFL. You know, I, uh, I, FedEx Field. Come on, well, FedEx Field. It's, it's close. I don't know. It's close. I mean, J- Jacksonville, is, is, it's nothing special. It, it's a it's a small time college stadium. That's that's what I would look at. At least FedEx Field has got like some grandiosity and whatever else. But that one stinks too. I'm with you. I think it's probably when you do get down into it, it's those two: Jacksonville, FedEx Field, and the one up in Buffalo that we know is about to be replaced. But those would be the the ones in the leader house there for worst stadiums in the NFL. There has been no raw sewage falling on the fans in Jacksonville. Yet now, uh, you know <laughs> that that puts even, FedEx even Field as, over the top. <laughs> even as even as the giant cat swings overhead, there has been no sewage coming from the cat onto the fans below. But in FedEx Field, yes, the videos are out there. The videos are out there. Oh, hey, oh, okay, Jackson Deville. Hey, yeah. he says up yours, Florio. And, and, Meow. <laughs> I, I, I've been in that building in Jacksonville. I disagree with you. I don't think – I would not have thought, oh, this is one of the lower-tier stadiums in the NFL. I don't believe that at all. And, and hey – I was hey, just there. Look, it stinks. It stinks. I don't know. What, what, what part were you in? Maybe you were in hey, hanging folks, out with Shad Khan hey, and in, in his diamond-encrusted bathroom or something. <laughs> send send your tweets to at Chris Sims QB, not me. Hey, I love Jacksonville. I'm I not saying anything about Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I'm saying it because I, I want those clothes. players and that team and that fans to have a better experience at the stadium. That's why I'm saying it. I'm dead serious. I don't, I'm not trying to downplay or, or, or be mean to anybody. They, they deserve better. They do. That facility is less than, in my opinion, for, again, billion-dollar franchises and everything like that. They should have better for those players and those fans. Let's just say – let me say this before we go to break. Yeah. Because we need to have our eyes open about this. Everybody needs to understand how this game works. Stan Kroenke and Shad Khan were once co-limited partners with the St. Louis Rams. And we know what now in hindsight – I mean, the fact that the NFL and the Rams had to pay $800 million to St. Louis is proof positive. They lied their asses off. 
to the fans in St. Louis about anything and everything regarding their intention to stay or go. Stan Kroenke brought, bought that property in Inglewood knowing damn well he was moving that team. They lied, and the league lied for them to the people of St. Louis, and that's why they had to write that giant check. They're not writing that giant check just because they felt like no it. No doubt. My point is this. My point is this. We have to at least acknowledge the possibility, and this is probably going to get me a, you know, a nasty phone call or may, maybe somebody above me gets a nasty phone call today, but I don't care. We have to acknowledge the, the possibility that this is all just a ruse aimed at creating a pretext to move the team to London. Hey, you know, we tried to bring you this great stadium. We couldn't get the cooperation we wanted. Don't blame us. Blame your politicians. See you later. If you'd like to watch us play, we'll be at Wembley Stadium eight or nine times a year. Don't. Don't be surprised if this is all part of a broader scheme to lay the foundation to leave without blame and to blame the politicians for not stepping up and footing the bill for the stadium. Don't rule that out. Can't rule that out after what we saw in St. Louis. And at one point, Shad Khan was one of the people with Stan Kroenke owning the St. Louis Rams. You can't rule that out. We'd be naive to rule that out, Chris. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I, I, I know. And, and, you know, I, I don't think you're wrong with that thought there. Mr. 58 conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. No, I, I think it's a, but they it's a logical, logical conspiracy there. I, I hear what you're saying. Totally. All right, let's take a break. Which doesn't belong and why? We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Like, you think of the integrity of the huddle. Like, man, do I really want, you know, the coaches to hear what I'm saying to the guys? Because sometimes you might not like a play, and you go into it, and it's like, you know, you tell the guys how you feel, but you basically tell a guy, hey, I'm, like, skipping this progression to come to you, so you better be there. It gives audio for a lot of the new guys so that they can listen to the play over and over and over from the guy giving the play, and then they can listen to the cadence. So when they go off you know, from OTAs, it'll be good for them to just listen to the cadence over and over and over. Um, you know, That's something that's been big this offseason for us is operational. 
Let's try to talk about Loa talking about this process of being mic'd up during the OTA practices to aid in the coaching process. I'm confused. Why would you want to freelance in an OTA practice? Why would you disregard the play that's been called and skip your progression? It's going to be obvious to the coach that you did it. Why would you even want to do it? Just run the play that's called because you're practicing it now. Freelance during games if you're going to. Don't freelance during practice. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I think you should it was be a working on a... the plays that are called. Yeah, it just seems odd. Yeah, I think it was a poor example. Maybe and maybe he was trying to say like in a game you'd might maybe want to say that you come in and go, ah, all right, guys. He he wants you know ninety seven Wanda here. Hey, uh, you know, hey, but hey, the Z receiver, be ready. I might change out of it and and you know change the play or whatever. And I think that's what he's speaking to a little bit where he you know. Right, but, but why would you do it in a practice? I don't why know would you why. Need to do that in a practice. You're right. You're exactly right. You don't need. You don't need to. You don't. That's where I just. I think he just kind of came up with a bad example on the fly there. First off, I liked his new tattoo on his arm. That was kind of cool. All right, I definitely like that. Uh, the other thing I'll say too, uh, the th- that is a part of it I never thought of that the players can now. You know, the young guys can be getting ready for training camp a week out and hear their quarterback, you know, some recordings and hear him call some plays and they can go through the motions of like, okay, wait, everything he just said there, what's my job? Okay, I got this route. Oh, and they check it with this play. Okay, that, that's another part that I never thought about uh, that, that certainly would be valuable, I would think, especially the young guys on the football team. He did say that it has its good and its bad as it relates to being mic'd up yeah. at uh, practice. Here's a little tour from yesterday also about his second year in the Mike McDaniel offense, what he's hoping to accomplish now that he's got plenty of experience with his new head coach. We feel extremely uh, comfortable uh, coming off of a, a year having to study, um, having to you know, get a good feel of how Mike calls plays, um, you know, get a feel of the guys running the routes and then the concepts and where guys are going to be and uh, the distribution of those. So it makes it a lot easier when you can j- transition from that, um, you know, into this year and not have to learn new, like a new offense. Tua looks like uh, you've been in the weight room a little bit this offseason. Uh, well, I- I'm trying to work on everything. Um, as much as I'm trying to work on uh, throwing the ball, getting the ball to the guys, you know, being able to push the ball a lot more downfield, um, you know, getting in the playbook, I'm doing the same with my body. Yeah, awesome. look, I I think he can be great this year if he can avoid getting shoved to the ground and having his helmet strike the turf or getting whipped like he did in Cincinnati, that violent motion swinging around, hitting his head on the turf. That's going to be the key, getting rid of the ball, being smart with his body, living to play another day, learning how to fall the right way. Ideally, you don't have to fall at all. Ideally, you don't get put in those positions. You get rid of the ball before there's that last second where the guy can shove you within the boundaries of the rules or just beyond the boundaries of the rules. You want to avoid taking those hits if you can. That's going to be the challenge. And and if he can stay healthy, if he can play all the games this year, the Dolphins could be great and he will be an MVP candidate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his uh, you know, like we saw last year, he was there for a while. They were good. His numbers were awesome and you know, it's, it's, he was in that conversation a little bit. I like the way he looks. I do. You know, that would have been one thing that I, if I, if I knew to her or he ever asked my advice, I'd go, you need to put a little more, you know, muscle structure on your body. You know, I think he was a, 
a thicker guy, but and I'm not trying to be funny here, but I, I think he was a little soft. And and from the things I've seen in social media and videos and everything at practice, it looks like it's thicker and toned up. So that's going to add a little muscle and help to take on the blows to, yes, control the neck and the head when he does fall down. I think those are all positives. And then being in the system for the second year in a row is going to help too. It'll help to save his body. You know, you'll just have a better sixth sense and feel of, hey, wait, when I'm in danger, where can I get the ball out to in a hurry and avoid a hit and do all that to where you're more comfortable in that area? That could be something that saves them as well. But certainly excited about the Dolphins and Tua. And, I mean, come on, that would, they were one of the most fun teams to watch in football last year. And let's see what they do in year two of the Mike McDaniel experiment. And by the way, you can see the full story at PFT and the link to the GoFundMe page. But Eric Carmona, who was the founder of the Two and On movement, recently died in a car accident. Sad story. He's only 30 years old, Navy veteran, four children. Tua donated $10,000 to the effort. I think Tyree Kill has kicked in a significant donation as well. If you want to give, if you're a Dolphins fan or if you're just a rabid fan of any team and can appreciate that passion that brings you to the sport. That's what holds all fans together. Even if they hate each other on the surface, we're all part of this shared experience where we love football. That's why we're here. Tragic situation for his wife and four children, 30-year-old Eric Carmona died this week and Tua with $10,000 to help the family. Great gesture by him. There's plenty of times on film that he shouldn't do it. And even though it worked out for us in the long run, there's a better, there, there's, you know, there's a better decision. There's a better way. And then there's times that I could sit there and coach and say, you should do this. But then his instincts tell him to do something, and we have to trust that too. So I by no means will ever make that guy robotic. I don't believe in doing that with any player. Um, and I think that, uh, but there's a way to refine it all and make, you know, improve our decision making and trusting our timing and rhythm, and we'll take it from there. Always fascinated by the way that teams fulfill their marketing sponsorships. That was just kind of bizarre and random to see two cans of Sunkissed soda here and two cans of Sunkissed soda there. It's just it's just strange. I love Sunkissed soda, and I may go buy some now. Advertising works. It's just strange to see Luke Getzey sitting there talking about his quarterback Justin Fields and how they're going to get him ready for his second year in this offense with four cans of Sunkissed soda just randomly on the table, like he's checking out at the grocery store, pushing his items through one when's, at a time. When's the last time you had a Sunkiss? Right? Like, I mean, it was. I did like it's a long time. Too. I know it's been a and long I love time. It. I can't. I love remember. it. I know. I did too. I mean, it, it made me actually think about like, man, I need to buy one next time I'm in the grocery store just to to feel that again or taste that again because it's been a long time. Like that, you know, as a young kid, sun kissed Mountain Dew, right? There was Orangina's and Yah, uh, 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 what the hell, Yuhu, right? Yuhu, Yuhu. Like, they were around Yuhu. as we were kids, and it's like they they disappeared. I never see them anymore. Great. Yuhu product placement in the movie A Few Good Men. Tom Cruise's character, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, constantly drinking Yuhu throughout the entire movie. I suspect Yuhu paid a pretty penny for that privilege. Uh, are you a grape or orange soda guy? Oh, I like grape better than orange. Oh, yeah. I'm no, more I like orange. I can't orange. do grape drink. Grape drink is just, I don't know what it is. It doesn't work for me. I can do grape you know candy or whatever a jolly rancher a blow pop I'm, I'm okay with that grape drink uh negative ghost rider 
Years ago, when my nephew, who's now 35, was, uh, was very, very young, I had a blow pop. And, and he, you know, he was like one or two, and he's looking at me. And I'm eating this blow pop, and he's like, what's that? And I said, oh, it's medicine. You, you, I got to take this medicine. You, you wouldn't like this. It's medicine. He just keeps watching me. He <laughs> curls his finger, and he says, <clears throat> That tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, which doesn't belong and why? Quarterbacks in the second year of an offense. Tua Tonga Vailoa, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields. Which doesn't belong and why? Well, uh, I, you know, I, I guess the one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at here is, is Justin Fields. All right? It, it's a tough one here. They all got a little issue either way. But Justin Fields, I think, is the guy that I probably have the most questions about. And to what Luke Getzey is saying there. And Deshaun Watson, second year in the offense. I mean, I've seen him be a superstar and be one of the best quarterbacks in football. Tua, we saw you know stretches of time of high-level play last year. I don't doubt that. You know, Justin Fields, I'm not sure. You know, Again, it's elite ability to run the football. You know, saw improvements in passing the ball. But one thing I learned through my, you know, my quarterback rankings and doing my top 40 list is that there's still a lot of work to be done in all areas. I think and that's what Luke Getzey's telling you. You know, just, you know, eyes, reading coverages, appropriate throws, you know, what is open, what's not, controlling the football. And those, of course, are big things because like, like Luke Getzey's saying, too, I think he's going, wait, you know, some of these plays you did, they're amazing and all that. But this guy was open, and you should have just thrown it there. Yeah, it worked out because you're a freak and, and you're an awesome runner, but it's not always going to work out if we want to go to the place we want to go and have to play better teams in football and all that. So that's where I'll go with Justin Fields. I'm going to say Deshaun Watson because I don't think it's his second year in the offense. I think last year they put him into the offense that they were running all year. This year will be the first year of the offense specifically tailored to Deshaun Watson. They had the bulk of the games with Jacoby Brissett. You're not going to make this dramatic change to a brand new offense after 11 games of the season. So this isn't the second year in the offense for Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. This is the first year in the offense that they're designing for him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I I, I, I hear you there. And, you know, you could say why he doesn't belong and why is just because, I mean, this is a guy that's played at an all-pro level, too, to that as well. You know, so it's, it is it's a different situation here with the Deshaun Watson scenario and everything that goes. And, and it's, that's where it's, it's going to be fun to see how it plays. How quickly can he show us he's the star he once was and how good can that team be? We know they got some pieces. We talked about it yesterday. Let's hear a little from Cooper Cup, the Rams receiver, who was having another great year last year, had the ankle injury. We didn't see him again. Here he is on recovering from that ankle problem. You don't know until you get out here doing football stuff and really putting your ankle, you know, putting the ankle through the stuff that you know is required of playing football. You can't, you can't simulate this stuff. So, you know, I don't know if we'll, we'll really know. I, I feel right now as we've been pushing it now, you know, pretty hard. Um, I, I feel really good, and so, um, you know, I'm itching to be be out there, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a good place to be now where I feel like I'm, you know, I'm asking for more and wanting to do more and feeling like you're getting held back versus feeling like they're pushing you to do more. You know. Um, so we're in a good place now where I feel like I, I'm, I want to get out there and play. And they're just, you know, they're being you know, cautious with it. Yeah, look, they need to be. They need to have this thing healed. They need him ready to go. Uh, so veteran receivers looking to rebound in 2023, which doesn't belong in why, between Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas, and Calvin Ridley. 
Not that he was injured. He was just gone. Yeah. He was gone for violating the gambling policy. But veterans looking to come back, which doesn't belong and why? Well, I, I think that's where I go, Calvin Ridley, because of that right there. He was a guy that was, you know, just starting to go, whoa, we got a, you know, fringe superstar, definite number one receiver in Atlanta. And then all these issues hit with the gambling and all that. So that that's where I like, you know, Cup, Michael Thomas, they're coming back from injuries. We've seen them play well. Hey, Michael Thomas, we certainly could debate on how good it's going to be and whatever else. But Ridley is a guy that is is in the prime of his career and had to take a step away just as he was ascending into a spot where we go, ooh, this guy could be special. Uh, that's where I find this different. And, of course, now he's on a new team altogether too. I think that's why I pick him. I think Cup, just because there's no reason to think he won't come back and be exactly what he's been. The question is everyone around him, but Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have that connection. They will produce. I kind of feel like the, the defenses last year realized, okay, fine, just throw it to Cup. Just throw it to Cup. You're not going to beat us by throwing it to Cup. You don't have anything else. Yes, that's your that's one right, move. Right. But still, Cup, Cup is still a key piece. He's just going to go as the help around him does or doesn't go. All right. Uh, the Hard Knocks team has not yet been announced for 2023. Last year, we knew in March that the Lions would be doing it. This year, there are four teams that fit the criteria for being compelled to do it. The Saints, the Bears, the Jets, and the Commanders. Here is Dennis Allen, head coach of the Saints, talking about his interest or lack thereof in his team being the focus of Hard Knocks. You guys are one of the four teams that could be forced on the Hard Knocks. How would you just feel about that if, if it was the Saints? I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Why not? because I, I just want to focus on our football team and getting better. And any distractions are exactly that. They're just distractions that keep you from ultimately reaching your goal. There's a lot of teams that feel the same way. Bottom line, though, is somebody's got to do it. They made that decision a long time ago. Somebody's got to do it, and they came up with this formula. Any team that hasn't been to the playoffs in the last two years, any team that doesn't have a first-year head coach, and any team that has not done it in the last 10 years, is eligible for the involuntary assignment. I feel like they've been waiting for the Jets to just finally say yes. Right. And that would and be the most eventually in, will. intriguing yeah. one, right? That, that, that seems to be the one that you would think would be the, the best ratings grabber, right? The one that we'd all want to tune in and be like, oh, let's see how Rodgers is, you know, what he's doing, how Salah handling Rodgers, all that. It's New York. I mean, it's, they're under a huge microscope. But if it wasn't the Jets, right, and we take them out of the equation, what do you think? What's the next, like the the next, well, most intriguing, fun one to watch? Possibly, we are doing which doesn't belong and why. So we're kind of already in oh, that territory by right. saying we agree the Jets don't belong because they're the first clear choice. Right. So let's take the Jets out of it. Okay. Let's yeah. assume that the Jets aren't doing it, or they'd already have committed to do it of the other three saints bears and commanders which what, doesn't belong in why I, I and they're they're all i don't have a uh an interesting one here that out of those three that that like jumps out to me um i i guess the one that uh, as far as i, I think the most the commanders or the the bears would be the one i would boil it down to that i think i'd want to watch the most and I think if I had to choose one, I'd probably want to go with the Bears. I'd want to see Chicago. We know there's the fan base there, the Justin Fields, everything we've talked about, his development, the pressure on that situation. 
uh, I, I guess is the Bears is the one I'd look for as, as being the next intriguing one. Several weeks ago, Bears chairman George McCaskey came out and said they don't want to do it. Now, the Commanders are the best team to basically squeeze into doing it. You've got current management that would probably like to have 345 Park Avenue on their side with new owner Josh Harris, so they'll go along with it. You've got the new owner who will agree with anything that is necessary to get the approval required to buy the team. But, you know, here's the problem with the commanders, Chris. How do you properly do it without mentioning Daniel Snyder yeah, that's where... at least 25 times an episode? Yeah, yeah. It would be glaring. The extent to which they brushed the Daniel Snyder wrinkle under the rug would be embarrassing to the league. It would be too obvious. They would not know how to handle it. If they would completely ignore it, it would be a joke. So how do you strike the right balance? I'm sure they'd rather not even do that. So they're in a pickle. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to reveal the number eight quarterback in the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown, who once upon a time was number one. That's next here on PFT Live. I've used this metaphor a few times the past couple of days, and I kind of enjoy it, so bear with me. It would be nice to milk the Packers have given Aaron Rodgers permission to talk to other teams, cow, before we pivot to the Rodgers has talked to the Jets, cow. He's in the plane, the parachute's on, the helmet is strapped into place, the goggles are in position, he's standing at the opening, Last year, he did not jump. This year, will he jump? He jumped, and he's free-falling. Down to number eight, wearing number eight, fitting. He was once number five. Last year, he was number... No, he was once number one. Last year, he was number five. Now he's number eight. Aaron Rodgers. Man, oh boy. You better you better get your Aaron Rodgers tattoo removed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Hey, listen, he's he's still awesome. We know that, all right? I mean, that, that's the first thing I would say. But I think if I had to just, like, throw it out there and why he's number eight, right? And you've heard me say this before. Way too conservative for the talent he has. N nobody in the top ten left more yards and plays on the field than Aaron Rodgers and turn down guys where I go, you're Aaron Rodgers. That, that's open. You got to throw that. Or you're Aaron Rodgers. The pocket's good. Why are you already throwing the ball to the check down or whatever? Wait, this guy's about to come open right over in the, in the middle. There's just too much of that, right? I think that's where I get into. He's still got an awesome arm. He's a special thrower. There's no question about that. He probably has the quickest release in football. I think it's certainly in that conversation, but he had the worst year of his career. I mean, there's no doubt, I think, in denying that. And that's where I want more from him. He has an elite arm still, and he's not taking advantage of it. I mean, you see some of these plays he's making right here. He's still capable of this stuff. But it's few and far between, and the game is way too conservative for what he has to offer still. And I think that's where he's dropping the ball. And you know, this is a, I think the game's changed where it's not about, you know, throwing for 72% and never turning the ball over anymore. You got to be aggressive. You got to make some plays. You got to take some chances. That's how you win games in the NFL. And to me, he's a little less than in that department as he, as compared to where he was four or five years ago. That's for sure. We, we've talked in the past about that hyper focus on certain specific statistical achievements that allow him 
to argue or to get others to argue on his behalf that he's the greatest of all time. Right. Touchdown to interception ratio. He doesn't take chances. One of the flaws in the postseason. He doesn't take chances. I mean, what do you really want to see from him this year yeah. that would have him outperform his status at number eight? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he, I mean, like, we know he still moves pretty good. We talked about that early in the week. For a guy that's 40, it, it's really impressive. You know, I talked about his quick release. He's probably the best short game thrower in football. When you talk about as quick as he can get it out and get it to people's hands and make them run. But what I want to see is a little bit like what I want to see is like what we saw from Tom Brady when he left New England to the Bucks, right? Where there was a coaching staff down there that said, no, 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 no. Bruce kept going. No, there was people open downfield in the game. He just got to throw it. He's got to stand in there and do it. Right, and that's that's where I look at Rodgers, the dink and dunk fest, and all that. It ain't gonna get it done in the AFC East. He ain't gonna win the division and go there. So what I want to see is you got some guys in Olave and Lazard and some other guys that are playmakers, and you need to sit in the pocket and strike downfield a little bit more. And I know he's po- you know he's capable of that. So we'll see where it goes, and you know, will he pull the trigger a little bit more uh, confidently into tight windows and not worry about the touchdown-interception ratio and all that? That's just where I feel like Rodgers can improve this year. Father time is the key, too, because of the way that he moves. We've already seen the calf strain. He's not like Tom Brady. He uses that mobility. Will he get himself injured this year as he's getting closer to 40? We'll take a break. More PFT Live right after this. New York Giants quarterback Phil Simms in the end zone to end zone touchdown pass challenge. Simms drops back. The offensive line gives him plenty of time to throw. He's looking downfield for an open receiver. He launches one high and deep. This one has a chance. Mark Ingram catches it. Success. <laughs> wow, that was... That was more than 100. That was 120. In the end zone, he threw it deep into the end zone. Right. It's 120 yards yeah. by the big effort. Just another big day in the, the big effort. That was just another day in the life of Phil Simms throwing 120-yard bombs around. No big deal. <laughs> so we play that because yesterday was the day they announced the new Madden cover, and it is the, the current version of the big effort, Josh Allen. <laughs> That's right. I'm sur- it, you know, it's, it's rarely a franchise quarterback because – now, we saw Brady and Mahomes together a couple of years ago, but, you know, they don't pay a whole lot for this gig. Yeah. So, uh, now, Allen calls it a childhood dream come true, which probably meant he took whatever they offered. That's right. But but usually that's what happens. You know, you didn't see Peyton Manning on the cover of Madden, even though he was good enough to be on the cover of Madden. But uh, it just doesn't pay. No, uh, But it Allen pay. taking whatever he can get and, uh, you know, again, doesn't change the game at all. But when you start it up, you're going to see plenty of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills every time you turn it on this year. So sorry, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets fans. Get used to seeing a lot of Buffalo Bills when you play your Madden this year. Well, yeah, yeah you're right. And, and, I mean, listen, he's certainly deserving of being on the cover. We know he's one of the best players in the NFL. It, it, it's, I think it, like, to, to what you're saying, I think there's a – with a guy like Josh Allen or even a Mahomes, and I know that they they grew up playing. The game is is magical. It's part of their their youth. It's everything. So it's more about it's less about the money and more about the the magnitude of the you know the Madden cover and being on it. Right. It's almost like being on Sports Illustrated when we were growing up. It was just an honor to be on there. Right. And then that 
And that's where I feel like Madden's kind of like that for the players now. If they had a game like Madden when I was a kid, I would have never left that house. <laughs> I would have never stopped playing it. Woo. Seriously. Oh, I mean, it, I... and and look, I, I know that, that there are flaws with the game and people point it out. Well, it's all we got with the NFL teams and it's the NFL amazing. players. Yeah. You know, they, they, they squashed the, what, what was it, the 2K5 game? Yeah, with Terrell Owens on the cover that everyone loved. That's when that's when EA bought the exclusive license because something better came along. But Madden is still the best that's out there. We'll see if the game's any better this year, but it's still pretty good. I play it on the bike every day. It gets me through my hour uh, workout because I focus on trying to, you know, not throw interceptions instead of how many minutes I have left on uh, on my bike. It's wow. One hour ride every single day, which I will do again today. Wow. To I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what you did. It makes me question how hard you're riding the bike. I mean, you can't be riding it that 27 hard. 27 miles an hour. If you're worried. Suck it. 27 <laughs> miles an hour. Not bad. Suck it. Way to go, old timer. 27 miles That's an pretty hour. good, you know, 27. You know, a few years from now, it'll be down to 23. Hour. Your legs might not work as good. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll wrap this up right after this. Stop being Dr. Dooms, okay, Dr. Doom? No, I'm not being Dr. Doom. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. Frankly, sometimes I think at the rate we're going, tomorrow we shall die. We all get one ride, we make the most of it, and then we die. Making it to 55 is far better than the alternative. I'll take 56 over six feet under. Death is undefeated. When I die, I want a solar-powered video screen with an infinite loop of Aaron Rodgers saying, Mike Florio, I mean, don't waste your time reading, uh, reading crap like that. A lot of candles on that cake. I, a lot of candles on that cake. It's a weird spot to put the cake. Yeah, a lot of so candles on the when cake. when I'm gone, yeah. when I'm gone, I need you to bring a cake with the appropriate number of candles to my grave, put it there, and then leave. Oh, don't worry. I'll leave. I'll go, man, this bastard, he doesn't want me here anyways. He doesn't like me. He don't like people. Peace. I'm out of here. That's what I'll do. Don't worry. I'll, I'll do that. I'll make sure all the right words and, are and on there. <laughs> I guess in my will, I've given you my Dr. Doom mask. I, oh, well, I'll, I'll take it. that as well. I'll, I'll, I'll sport it every time, you know, every now and then there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, i got to give it some love. It is a good way to remember you, Dr. Doom. But seriously... Have a good birthday, man. Have a good day today. Have a drink on yeah, me. Yeah, thanks. Have Talk another a great drink. Start. Overserve yourself tonight. Go for it. All right. I'll <laughs> see you tomorrow morning, everybody. Not me. Or not. <laughs> see ya. <Saturday>, Thursday. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.